Nurses, we just want to thank you for everything you do. We are ShiftKey.com. Log on today and connect to open PRN shifts in your area. Work when you want, where you want. You can even get paid next day. ShiftKey.com. Start today. All right, ladies and gents, welcome back to another episode of the Soapy Rao Show. Now, as you know, I do things differently. I don't really do a formal introduction. I've got Shweta Subram on the call with me, so I'm going to do a little bit of an introduction for those of you who haven't had the good fortune of listening to her great music. Shweta, I'm just going to say a few things. If it's wrong, please do correct <laughs> me. If it's right, then just say, hey, you got it right. Okay, sure, <laughs> right. sure. So Shweta is a, an artist, she's a musician, she's got a lovely voice, as you'll find out very, very soon. She sings in multiple languages, and very recently she was, um, her voice was a part, she lent her voice to a song that went viral. I'll let you, uh, I'll let her tell you more about it. And of course, without any further delay, I'm going to join uh, Shweta to join me on the call. Shweta, welcome to the Soapy Rao Show. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Sandeep, for having me. Pleasure is all mine. I uh, am really excited to be a part of your podcast and I can't wait uh, for our conversation. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's so um, strange. I'll tell you how uh, it's strange. Okay. <laughs> because I met you 12 years back and uh, sorry, eight, nine years back, maybe maybe less, maybe more. Who knows? Time doesn't really matter in today's context. And I met you at the Kyuki studio in Bombay and I was like, yeah, this, and someone told me, I, I don't think we've personally sort of interacted for too long but someone told me this is Shweta she sings and I think it was Sagar Gokhale who's yeah, um, a part of Kyuki and I said oh she's got a great voice I think you were doing something in the studio next door and uh, last or two weeks back you uh, dropped a message I think you did a whatsapp or a messenger blast about your song which is uh, Jalebi Baby and I said I want to talk to her on uh, at that point I didn't know which podcast because I just released the Soapy Rao show <laughs> so this is the beauty of I mean I don't say the beauty of the pandemic but the beauty of remote recording is you don't really need to have like an eight camera setup and make it all professional, but we can do this remotely. And you are sitting in Dubai, I'm sitting in Bangalore, and we're That's connecting right. on this. So um, I really appreciate uh, the fact that you've taken the time to uh, join me on this episode. And how are you in uh, Dubai right now? How are things and how as an artist are you dealing with these times? Well, firstly, thank you for having me. And wow, time really flies by, doesn't it? Because uh, yeah. that meeting, yeah, I have a vivid memory of that when we met at the QK office. Um, but you know, it's it's uh, things are great. Uh, I moved to Dubai just before the pandemic. Uh, uh -huh. The timing was, I don't know if I should say crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the idea of moving to Dubai was because, so I'm originally Canadian. Uh, yes. You know, Canada is home uh, for me. Yeah, but I've lived uh, in a lot of different uh cities uh, around the world so mm -hmm. basically the shift that happened to dubai was from california so i was in okay. california and sunny california and then i moved sunny dubai <laughs> you know? well it looks like california is a bit warmer than dubai right now <laughs> yeah 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 and they always have uh, wildfires going on there so it's always a little scary you know? yeah the air gets polluted and stuff like that but anyways um i moved here just before the pandemic the idea was to be close to mumbai because you know uh, my um, field like my uh, profession music a uh, lot of stuff happens in Mumbai yeah and uh, you know uh, 
to date, I've not had the courage to make that shift to Bombay uh, mm-hmm. because uh, I guess I've never lived in India, so I'm not sure how living in India would be for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm taking baby steps and I'm moving closer to India. <laughs> yeah. So I think Dubai was, uh, uh, you know, the default choice for me. Is it is it because kind of like a transition from the sort of creature comforts that you know because of course you know India is changing and you know I think uh, as 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 an artist in Bollywood and who lends her voice to other regional languages there is of course the Indian market which is massively popular around the world now the global presence and the reach is quite crazy when you look at how a lot of non Indians are turning to Indian music in its various forms but. You know, you said you're from Canada, and Canada, of course, has a big Indian population. Yeah. But uh, it's quite, you know, I think from I, I've lived in the U.S. I lived in the Northwest, which is uh, Oregon and you know, Seattle. Oh, wow. and yes, yeah. It's beautiful. But for me, going there, there was always this sort of the Indian going to the West is sort of this done thing where people are like, oh, cool. But now you have this wave of people who were born in Canada, Indians born in Canada, or Indian uh, people of Indian origin born in Canada. Uh, let's say North America. I don't know if too many Indians are born in Mexico, but if that is the case, great. <laughs> but uh, there's a shift, and I, I, I across across um, I'd say fields, right? I think one is of course the move for actors, musicians, because of the entire uh, the attraction of Bollywood and the various other industries in in our country, but also you know with with people doing. In the, in the startup space, people doing a lot of social entrepreneurship. So, how is it for someone like you who's born in a I wouldn't say culture, but in a geography, in an environment, in a in a uh, what I would in an ecosystem like say Canada. And and if it's was it Toronto where you were where you grew no, up? No, no, no. So actually, I was born in Dubai. Believe it or not. Oh, you were born in Dubai. Okay, yeah, so this is kind of yeah, this is okay. kind of home for me. That's actually what uh, you know. Uh, got me back here. I, I was never right. thrilled about leaving Dubai because, you know, this is where all my memories are as a child. Um, you know, I was born uh-huh. here, raised here. So for and me, what was Canada? Canada was your sort of formative years? Was it education? Or? Yeah, my, my, I would say my, yeah, my prim- primitive years, uh, um, uh, I would say, uh, like, like right after I was almost completing high school, my parents uh-huh. decided to shift to Canada because, you know, at that time in Dubai, there weren't too many universities. There weren't too mm. many options for uh, higher education. Right. Uh, Dubai just had its first American university at that time and we weren't even sure if it was really accredited or not so mm. my parents were like you know what uh, let's let's move to a country that we can call home like we can call yeah. home home because in Dubai number one you could never get citizenship you know unless you're right. a local national so you're always yeah. a, a foreigner here so you know my parents were like oh like what are our options and uh, uh, some part of my family moved to Australia uh, so that was one option and then there was Canada there was US and at that time, Canada just worked out for my parents, you know, yeah. and uh, we moved there. And I remember uh, it was such a culture shock for me because obviously, you know, here in Dubai, I was going to the Indian school, Indian high school of Dubai. Uh, mm-hmm. We had like a system set in place, like I would wear uniforms to school every day. And all that was completely different. Like I went to a public school in Canada where there was you could wear anything you want. You know, it's all about mm. your comfort. Like there was no uh, uniform system in place and. Just, just the way classes were like you, 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 you wouldn't like in Dubai. I remember in school, like I'd sit in this one class. You know, I walk into school at seven o'clock in the morning, and all of us students would be in this one class, and then we'd have, you know, every hour we'd have different teachers coming in teaching us mm-hmm. different subjects. Yeah, but that's how it works. Yeah, in India as well, you kind of are stuck, uh, or rather, you're 
you're with your classmates throughout the day throughout and the, day, the teachers and they, visit you yeah and they become they become your friends for life you know so yeah. i spend like a good chunk of like i'd say 13 to 14 years with the same friends in dubai in school and then i go to canada where you don't have to wear uniforms to school and you can wear whatever you want so it became more of like a fashion parade it sort know? of it resembles those <laughs> scenes from wonder years right wonder years, like, yeah <laughs> it's like it's, I, i've been watching watching that show and i was like man i wish i was you know I went to school in America. You Where's know, like, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was like, you know, it's like, wow, this is actually real, man. So, you know, you know that's a strange thing, Shweta. Then, like the fact that now people will get the reference. Yeah. I, I think this, the strange thing is this, the kind of listeners I have, they get the reference of Wonder Years. They're not, not the people going, what's Wonder Years? Are you mean I Glee? <laughs> I, I know, I, I can connect to Wonder Years. Which I is can, awesome. I can so somewhat, can, somewhat yeah. connect to Glee, but I can connect to Wonder Years more. <laughs> oh, Wonder Years was amazing because, you know, I think that's the perception. So, you know, I, I mean, the Dubai um, situation is so different for people who've never uh, lived in Dubai, right? Because yeah. I have some friends who live there as well. And there's this perception that Dubai is, I mean, of course, it's true to a certain extent as a person as an expat who's working but when you grow up there I think there is a certain undercurrent which really you don't get as a visitor and then going from there to Canada which of course you know I think is way more liberal in in other aspects I wouldn't say just the flashy money and etc but I'd say and as you're pointing out with the school system it's just a very different thing which is not about progress or any kind of thing like that but that's their culture and their schooling system which is a lot more you know, you kind of figure out your own way, but it's not that you're force fit into this classroom structure where you either you get along with your friends or you don't. You kind of, you know, you have the choice in the school system. Yeah, in America, you mingle right? with so many people because you know every and you you change classes throughout the day. Like you know, you're actually yeah. walking from one class to another class, and you have a whole set of new faces there. Some yeah. you know, some some familiar faces and like a whole set of new faces. And Which is a bit terrifying in itself, right? Because I experienced that in the university kind of system where you. Uh, going one for uh, you know if you're doing a liberal arts program you're going for a physics class then you're going for your major then you're going for your minor exactly. and then you're and you're, you're just you're like ah, there's no real there's no sort of that sense of get, getting to class in the morning and you're sitting next to Prashant the whole yeah, day and Prashant no, ends up being your <laughs> that's not there that's not there of course and, and, yeah. and, and you know the other thing was what shocked me was when I went to school there I felt like I went back like three or four years because you know the kind of stuff they were teaching they were they were you know teaching kids in grade twelve. Like, I remember learning that in grade nine. And oh, so I'm, you're saying you'd learned more in Dubai? Yeah, I'd learned a lot more in Dubai because I went to an Indian mm. school. So it was a Central yeah. Board of Secondary Education, CBSC, right? Right, and, right, right. And you know how CBSC systems can be. Like, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, in the first grade, and, you're already ready for IIT. <laughs> seriously, man. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> no, know, but I, I want to ask you that. Yeah. It's so strange that we're so prepared in some ways, right? Like when, yeah. you know, Indians are known to, to sort of max the SATs, the GREs, etc. Because of our curriculum, we're sort of really good at competitive testing. At least most Indians most are known Indians for that. Are, yeah. But were you ready in other ways? Like emotionally, uh, were you mature enough to sort of handle this? Or did you feel like, you know, I'm great at academics. I can, you know, ace the maths or the physics or whatever exams you were giving. Um, but did you feel a little intimidated by other aspects of life there? Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, okay. For sure. Like I was, uh, it was a little emotionally draining for me just because firstly, I was not prepared for the shift. You know, mm-hmm, I didn't want mm-hmm. to move. Cause Dubai was, you didn't want to move. Okay, uh, yeah, okay. Dubai, I, I, I'm, I'm so attached to Dubai. And even now I'm so thrilled to be back here. So yeah. for me, I, I didn't really want to move. So it was a it was a forced move. Yeah. And secondly, like I told you, the shock, uh, you know, the culture shock itself and just going to a school where the system is entirely different. So, you know, there was a lot to, there was a lot to handle, a lot to uh, uh, take in. Because mm. also keep in mind, I went at a time when, uh, you know, like I was in my last year of high school. So, so the, that's the, when you're kind of like, Thrown yeah. into the deep end because you want your comfort, your 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 exactly. security blanket, your friends around you. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I didn't have any friends there, 
Uh, everyone knew everybody and like they had their groups and they had their you know um, yeah the cliques uh, already formed at that point right at that point yeah. yeah it's not like i'm in primary school like here i am in the you know tail end of like uh, graduating from high school and i'm mm-hmm. trying to make new friendships trying to adjust which, to a new which country which decade was this this in the, this in the 90s or 2000s yeah this was actually just early to early 2000s So yeah. okay so that's probably a little better of a time because you know I think you know there is a little more exposure of Canadians to Indians so I mean I'm saying the Indians coming from other parts I mean the the, the otherwise the sense of like you know Indians have the stereotype that you come with that we come with I yeah. think that was a little broken by then right Yeah yeah it was and plus there were a lot okay. of south Asians in my school you know Okay, okay. Uh, I, I did I did that see helps. like quite a diverse group like there were uh, students from Bangladesh from Pakistan yeah. from India from Nepal And Russell Peters had just made his <laughs> appearance so people knew what Indians are <laughs> Yeah no I think at that point actually Russell Peters was still not actually yeah, just, just kicking off I think just, early yeah. 2000s when people are like oh there's yeah. an indian who can be funny and funny, he's yeah. doing it in english right? yeah 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 no yeah. but you know like um you know what i like about canada as a country it's so diverse it's so multicultural you know and there was a lot yeah. of respect for different cultures and there was a lot of like interest for even i remember my my teachers you know who didn't know much about india or never visited india they were always curious you know they'd ask me about questions about our country about our culture about our cuisine you know about our uh-huh. um, about our outfits about our fashion they were so, so fascinated it was the arrogant assumption that you have cows in the streets no right. no no, no, right. no. That I, helps. I, fortunately yeah. i you know what i've actually had that experience in the us Um, I was just going to ask because yeah. the US tends to have this and I don't want to generalize of course because there are a lot of lovely people who want to know and want to yeah. travel and understand yeah. other yeah. s- countries and worlds and situations yeah. whatever but there is this sort of Canadian uh, sort of benefit of doubt which you give Canadians where they are a little bit more empathetic about where you're coming they from they, they want to know because yeah. they're kind of people I don't know if they're kind or unkind I don't know what the word is but they just seem to be a little bit more accepting for all that you are not just the stereotypes that that suit them you know Yeah no 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 of course of course and uh, you're completely right like Canadians are definitely uh, I think they are they're more accepting and uh, they're they're just you know they just like to learn about other cultures and they're always mm. curious and they always you know if they don't if they, if, if if they're not aware about something they just you know ask you and they're apologetic about mm. it when they ask you but at least it's nice to know that you know they're curious and they want to know more about our culture they don't just yeah. make the typical uh, stereotypic assumptions you know you know Shweta the weird thing yeah. is that even Indians who go to America w- yeah. versus Indians who go to Canada I think it's not about I'm not you know I have friends across the board Indian American American Indians I have you know American white Americans what do you want to call the the word but I just feel um what tends to happen is that you kind of get into this own space when you go because America is so vast and I'm sure Canada also has regions which are really really remote but like say you go to California which is the most popular mm-hmm. sort of haunt for Indians right of the course. bay area Silicon they're just there yeah. yeah and you go there and you kind of can spend years in the bay area without meeting non-indians i agree with you completely that's, and it's that, so that was my experience that was my experience i remember living in a yeah. building where my my neighbors uh, like everyone was in facebook google amazon or microsoft and they all were indians yeah <laughs> No, it's crazy because especially if you go to Sunnyvale or you go to Sacramento, uh, even if you go to like say Bellevue or Redmond, that, that's the sort of that the Microsofts and yeah, the Amazons yeah, are. Yeah. It's literally moving to say you know uh, Bangalore with nicer streets or not even Bangalore is more diverse than Bellevue, you know. Completely, I, no, I completely agree with you. Like, I, it's 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 hard to find an American there. You know, it's yeah. ha- it's hard to find a white American there. Like, I remember, yeah. like I was in Sunnyvale actually, and, right? Uh, you know, like my evenings out would. would be like oh let's go and have some dosa you know yeah, yeah. just be, just because your accessibility to like a south indian restaurant like you know it's it's is much more than say a pf changs right yeah much much <laughs> i agree with you completely and you know it's just that feeling of like you're you're with, i don't know what like sometimes you're like man you know you're with your own people and you know you're just 
very comfortable which is great part. i have no issues with that i think yeah. it's great to have a sense yeah. of these are my people but it's also like you know i talk to my cousin about this sometimes and i'm going to get into the music bit i i'm sorry that i'm no, no, stuck no, I know. on this we're, but we're, we're so excited about this conversation i know <laughs> right. no because the thing is it's it's when 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 you have no sense of what other living amongst other people are like i think a lot of times people who live in india are sort of broader minded than people who kind of have grown up without exposure even though it's so strange saying this growing up in america people don't have exposure i growing up in india lived in the, in wales my roommates were all sort of british they were white i had a sri lankan guy as a roommate I had a welsh guy's roommate when i was in america my roommate there was uh, there was an indian guy from chennai but there was a sri lankan friend again and then there was the rest who were just guys from iowa guys from texas and what tends to happen is when you don't have that uh, sort of mixed uh, encounters or mixed experiences you tend to be very sort of rigid in your way of looking at those people because just as, as how they judge you with their stereotypes you judge them with your stereotypes and it doesn't exactly. really help anyone you know i agree with you i, I completely agree with you i think you're very yeah. fortunate uh, you're also, i i i see from your experiences that you know you were fortunate enough to have been exposed to a lot of people from different backgrounds and different cultures which makes and, life richer for it right which makes I, I you, uh, you more uh, sort of forgiving and makes you less sort of uh, stuck in your judgmental, ways judgmental yeah and judgmental yeah. as well i think we're a lot more open minded as well and i i completely give credit to my parents for that because you know the, the fact that i lived in dubai Uh, yeah. where there are diverse communities uh, which is pretty amazing dubai yeah. i think is a really good melting pot for like a lot of expats a lot of expats yeah. yeah especially the area i live in like i live in dubai marina area there's tons of expats here uh, you know I, not not a day goes by where uh, you know i'm sitting in a meeting and there's people from diverse backgrounds you know which is uh, amazing yeah. yeah so it's 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 a great so i've been i think i, I should say blessed and grateful because yeah. dubai dubai did that to me and then i went to canada which was just just opened up their arms and they were welcoming people from yeah. different cultures you know i mean there's I'll, a joke yeah. right if you're going to if you're going to canada it's like which part of punjab, punjab are you from? yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 oh man oh man i remember going to toronto and the first time i went to brampton I oh, I, honest, right. I I honestly thought I was in Punjab like it was mini Punjab <laughs> man like you look you look anywhere like you look you know yeah. sardars driving taxis you see uh, gurudwara in front of you you know people going for langar i mean it's just yeah. it's 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 hard to digest i mean it's like really i'm i'm in canada signs are in punjabi you know you go to the airport wow. too now you see signs in english if you go to vancouver that was i remember the first time i was blown away i i landed in vancouver i was going there for a show You know there were signs in three languages it was in english in mandarin and punjabi in mandarin and punjabi yeah that's crazy i mean you expect that in singapore like which has similar kind of situations where you have signs in four different languages but not like you would never you would never have signs in four languages <laughs> uh, where punjabi is one of them say in in seriously. california you know yeah seriously not yet not yet <laughs> not yet not yet that's a, that's well yeah. yeah you know that's a strange thing you know i want to talk about this because i i love the fact that you know when you have this blend of um various things which is your exposure of the world or rather to the world when you have um this sort of indian family you're from you've lived in dubai you i'm sure visited india your family was here at some point you've gone to canada and i think that is something which is also what music does uh, because my my roommate who was from was families from arlington which um was from alabama sorry Al- then oh, he yeah. lived up uh, north of seattle and then he moved to college with me and we were we still are really really close and he he had these guitars right he had this gibson les paul he had this fender strat and he would play these songs and i was like hey i like i, I know that song and you know i would be like can you play summer of 69 he's like why do you brown people love that <laughs> like song summer so much and i'm like it's a great fucking song <laughs> and is. then he, then i would talk about you know uh, uh, 
Lela with Eric Clapton, the, the electric uh, guitar version. Or then we would talk about the Grateful Dead and then Led Zeppelin. And then slowly the next, you know, he's introducing me to Stevie Ray Vaughan, who hadn't, I hadn't heard much of. Or say, you know, B.B. King. And th- that conversation just got, got us started. And now just last, uh, last month, we had a long call where he was sitting in the night having his whiskey, playing his acoustic. And I'm talking about how I started playing the guitar. So how did your journey of music start? And I mean, it's, it's come here a long way. But how has that exposure to music in the environments that you were in shaped the kind of perception you have of music now? Yeah. So my journey has been very interesting. I mean, I never, as a kid, I never wanted to be a singer. Okay. Like, honestly, I remember, like, music was sort of forced, up, forced upon me. Um, okay. I, I was in Dubai. And um, my mom, uh, so, of course, my background is South Indian. Uh, both my so parents are South Indian. You're, yeah, Carnatic music. Yeah. Okay. So okay. my mom was... Uh, very keen that I learn music because you mm-hmm. know my, my, my her, first of all my nanima my grandmother mm-hmm. uh, was a brilliant singer yeah she was she was offered playback singing but of course she came from a generation where they didn't allow them to go into the movies uh, mm-hmm. so she was denied uh, you know singing for films which is unfortunate but anyway she was a brilliant singer and then my dad's side of the family uh, also had some brilliant national award-winning Carnatic musicians so you okay. know being the, being the only child I think my parents were overly ambitious that I should I should sort of do everything. Okay, I should right. yeah, all rounder. You're uh, you're their resume basically. Yeah, it's, it's the Indian story. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, of course. I, I, and something they can show off to the rest of the world. You know. Yeah. So they were like, man, she has to go. She has to study. She should go uh, learn music, Bharatanatyam. You name it. All right? right. So I was a kid that had so much on my plate, and I used to wonder like, how am I going to manage all this? You know, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. what 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 do my parents want me to excel at? Which know? parent do I impress more? <laughs> Dad who wants me to do ten things, or mom who wants me to do eleven things? Yeah. Seriously, it was such a you know like uh, I remember thinking like wow like like this, is this what life is all about? And then yeah, and uh, the pressure is more as a, as a single child. Like I have an exactly. elder sister, so she took a lot of the load there. <laughs> yeah, Being my parents after they realized. Yeah. yeah, my parents like this guy can't see. Yeah, and not too many hopes for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least you had your sister, you know, who 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 impressed your parents. With me, it was like yeah, she did a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I remember, and then um, you know, all that happened. I went, I did, I did my schooling in Dubai, like I told you, moved to Canada, and then uh, I was learning music. I was learning music. Uh-huh. I did my, uh, you know, the, the, they they say the Carnatic musicians have their, the, the, you know, the, their. Yeah, what do you call that? The initiation process where the teachers put them on stage, their gurus put them on stage, and you know I sang my kirtanas and all of that. Okay, and then I, I and then I moved to Canada, and uh, there was this competition that was happening in um, in uh, in North America. It was very similar to the Indian Idol uh, or the American okay, Idol, right. but it was uh, by a group called the Sangam Kala Group. They're very well. So this was specifically for South Asians. This is specifically for South Asians happening uh-huh. in in North America. Okay. But the competition was taking place in Toronto. So right. basically, interested participants from the U.S., from U.S. and Canada, could go and compete in Toronto. Okay. And it, and it was basically a four-month-long competition. And I remember my friends in school because after, shortly after I moved to Canada, uh, like a lot of people knew I could sing because you know there were like different, um, like you know, like uh, what do you call that? Like um, uh, programs in school. Like mm-hmm. there'd be multicultural mm-hmm. programs, or there'd be some fun talent programs where I would participate. So everybody knew I could sing. Yeah. So a lot of my friends were like, man, you have to go and compete in this. You know, you got to do this. And I'm like, man, who's going to go to Toronto? Because I was living in Ottawa at that time. Right. It's like an hour by plane and about four and a half hours by, by car, by, by on road. So I said, who's going to do this? They're like, doesn't matter. Just go give it a shot. I went, I competed. I won the competition. And then, oh, wow. nice. yeah, and I, I remember it was my rendition of Lambi Jidai, this beautiful song by Reshma Ji. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually sang that, won the competition. And the, the, winning, the winning prize was a ticket to India. 
uh, to basically to India. yeah to basically compete with national uh, uh, you know like award winning contestants from all over India you know oh so the eventual uh, sort of showcase was back here in yeah, in, 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 Delhi, in Bombay in Delhi in Delhi actually in Delhi okay yeah, so you were sort of competing you yeah. you kind of represent North America you exactly. won there yeah. came here and performed with winners from across other India, parts other mm-hmm. parts of India exactly um, right so I, cool. I did that I came in the top 10 and then right after that I was offered a show um, on television by this this is channel called Zoom Zoom TV yeah, so they, yeah. so they offered me a show uh, because they were they were organizing a girl band Uh, it was called Sansil Gang of Girls. Was this the time when we had that uh, band called uh, Viva? No, what is it called? Um, v- uh, there was v- Viva, right? Viva, v- the one with Anushka Sharma. Anushka, right? no, Anushka Manchanda. An- Anushka Manchanda, right, right. This yeah, is yeah, the, yeah. After the co- uh, I forget. Uh, this is the- much later, much later, like much that. later. Okay, yeah, that okay, was okay. probably like ten years before, you know. Uh, right, was, that's when sort of MTV Channel V were uh, really hot in India. I think. Exactly, was, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember. I think it was Niti Mohan and Anushka and Jimmy Felix. A bunch of these guys were part of that band. I think. If I'm yeah. Not mistaken. So this happened, and they, their criteria for Sunset Gang of Girls was Sunset because of shampoo. Yeah, so of course. They, I, 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 still, I mean, I'm not admitting it, but <laughs> are you still using it? <laughs> hey, I've upgraded to Dove, man. Come okay, on. Okay, good to know. <laughs> so, so what happened was they said, "Oh, you know, our criteria is like girls that can sing well and girls have beautiful hair." So, oh, lovely. So, okay. So then I, I, I got uh, pulled into that reality show. Now mm-hmm. the thing was, my plan was just to go and visit India. You know, my plan was just to like compete in this thing and then just come back home. You know, right. I, I, I had no intentions of staying in India. So then, basically, this show got me to stay there for a couple more months, and mm-hmm. I did that show for Zoom. And then I was like, you know, enough is enough. I'm not sure if I can if I can stay here. I'm going to go back because I was I was also feeling homesick. You know, mm. uh, just imagine some just imagine someone going for the first time all alone to India. You know, have and especially in Mumbai, I had no family at all. You know? All right, so you traveled alone, and this was, of course, for a competition. So it was supposed to be a yeah. quick, yeah, quick in and out. Yeah, it was a good thing. Like my parents yeah. thought, like, yeah, she's going to go for about two weeks, and she'll be back. You know? Which is fine on your own, but yeah, but yeah. that's a strange thing, as you mentioned. It must have been shocking. So, which was more shocking for you? I mean, of course, you went to Canada with your folks, so you had a support system. But how was your? Was that your first trip to India? No, that wasn't my first trip to India. Luckily, okay, when, we, when we lived in Dubai, like because you know the proximity, the distance between Dubai and yeah. India is so close, and we do have family in um, different parts of India, so we okay, used to visit okay. India quite often, actually. But Sometimes, Bombay, that was your first kind of uh, stint on your own for a long on time. On my own, yes, for the first time. Okay. Mumbai, I've been before. I that can be a little uh, uh, nerve-wracking. Bombay can. It can be nerve-wracking, especially because you know. Uh, when you know i don't know the people there somehow and have an eye for a foreigner you know so as, <laughs> as as soon as i was in the airport like i had these people hounding me you know uh like right. do you want do you, do you want any help do you want us to take you to the hotel do you want to? and i'm like gosh can i i just i just you know had like I, I I've just gone yeah. here. Can you give me a break? You know. Um, so I remember I mean, you know, that. You know, can you believe that happened to me in New York in Port Authority, that bus stand? Uh, oh, I got taken surprised. for that. Yeah, this guy is like, I'll help you to the the bus. You're twenty dollars. I'm like, ah, uh-huh. I didn't know there's a valet service here, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that in New York. You're right. Yeah. Too. So similar in Bombay, I think it's just reverse sort of uh, experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and you know they they just just don't let you breathe. Like they're always yeah. Like you can always. Oh, spot that for them. sure. You can you can spot them behind you. You know, even if you're trying to run away yeah. from them, they somehow make it make it up to you. Like the humidity in Bombay, it's <laughs> people and humidity. They both are very oppressive if you if you don't know your way around. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> that 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 happened and uh, you know basically i came back to canada and I, i decided to write my own music so i remember there were these nice. two, there were these lyrics that were lingering in my mind for the longest time one was called jile uh, which literally okay. which literally was like live your life like the way you want to live it like you know uh-huh. jalti hai jo duniya jalne do jaane do 
Bani. So this is all, these are all Hindi Bani songs, right? Yeah, Hindi the, songs. The, so you, uh, you just to sorry before yeah. you, you you speak um, Hindi, you think in Hindi, so that's the primary language you sort of communicate in uh, besides English. Yeah, so I was exposed to Hindi at a very young age uh, you because, are, okay, I, cool. because okay. I lived in Dubai and uh, uh, when I went to school here, which was the Indian school, uh, we were learned uh-huh. to uh, read, write, and speak Hindi. Um, okay, so that that's because yeah. of the schooling thing. Okay, okay, just, yeah, just to get thing, plus my parents were not the uh, traditional South Indian parents. You know, a lot of South Indian households, you won't hear parents speak Hindi. You know. Uh, yeah, that's that's why I asked you that because you yeah. know it's it's a very. Um, interesting thing being south indian across the board whether it's uh, now of course things are changing but whether it's karnataka or tamil nadu or andhra you you are not sort of expected to know hindi unless of course you know later on or you travel because you can really get by speaking whether it's tamil or telugu or kannada or malayalam and english you're really fine with those two languages yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. interesting that you I mean, I, I suppose, as you mentioned, it's Dubai. So the school taught you that. And school so you went plus, my, plus my parents were not the traditional South Indian parents. Right. You know, my parents actually lived in Delhi and Bombay for a very long time. Oh, then uh, sort of yeah. makes even more sense. Yeah. 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 So, then, the, so yeah. the thing is like, uh, like my mom, I remember my parents met in Mumbai and then they got married and all of that. So anyways, they were always like, they, they spent a lot of, ch- a big chunk of their time outside uh, South of India. You know, so for Which them, is, they, know, they learned the language. It's kind of like a boon to know Hindi now because of the markets opening up for Hindi it speaking, is. Hindi it sort is. of singers. Totally. It's amazing. Amazing. So that's actually another thing you can thank them for, I suppose. Yeah, you know, you know? The, the typical, the, you know, the, the, the sad part was anytime someone knew that I was South Indian, they're like, oh, wow, you can speak Hindi, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's amazing, Shweta, because like you coming from Canada to Bombay and I coming from Bangalore to Bombay, you probably have way more opportunity in Bombay than I do. Because the moment I open my mouth, I don't speak Hindi. I've gone around Bombay trying to get to my comedy shows and the guys are like, sir, uh, which part of London are you from? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's called Bangalore, man, because my Hindi is awful. And I know, I know people now who are sort of growing up, I mean, sort of in Bangalore, who are learning Hindi because they have a fighting chance in the comedy industry. So yeah. you really have, um, you know, and I think, you know, you, 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 you got a sort of benefited from knowing Hindi, but you've done a lot with it. So let me sort of get back to where you were saying the songs you wrote. and um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wrote yeah. my song, Gilea. I wrote my song, Ajuba. I just put it out on YouTube. At that time, YouTube was just starting up. Like, mm-hmm. not, it wasn't as, uh, you know, crowded as it's now. Yeah. But, it, 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 you know, it's it, you know it was, it was like, okay, let's see what happens. You know, I didn't think much of it. I just put it up on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, got some nice music videos made. And I remember that was like year 2010 when I did that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. 2011, I got I get a call from uh, music director Salim Suleiman's team, where mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, we wanted to be a part of IFA Awards." And I'm oh, like, wow. is, okay. "Is this some kind of joke?" Like, you know, because generally the the, the 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 way things work is you sing for movies, you know, uh, you sing for a fair bit of movies, fair number of movies, and then the songs become popular. And then the item have, numbers, right? Yeah, the item numbers, group. right? And and right. The, or even whatever, even if you sing a romantic number, but you know the the the, the typical. Uh, like you know, step by step process. Mm-hmm. So you sing for movies, and if you're lucky, you sing for some popular songs, some popular movies, and then you stand a teeny bit chance to you know perform at the IFAs or the film fair. You know. Oh, so that was the route earlier. So you go through this. You have a certain. Uh, I mean, that's of the route most singers I've seen. You know, I've seen right. take. But for me, it was the opposite. I I didn't sing for a single movie, and I was called to perform at IFA. You know, so the power me, of YouTube, yeah, YouTube, which is evident now, but yeah. of course, which is amazing. Like, yeah, which I was like. Wow, and then I only had two days to prepare for that song because I remember Salim Suleiman had come down to Toronto, and then I uh-huh. met I met them at the studios, and they're like, "Yeah, oh, this it was is being hosted in in Toronto." Toronto. The, the, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so, so they're perfect. like, "Yeah, you know, we have this is a song you got to sing. You know, are, are you going to be able to do it and stuff like that?" And I'm like, 
Wow, this is overwhelming. This is exciting. This is nerve-wracking, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. it was such a surreal moment for me because I performed at the IFA Awards, and you know, in front of me, I always say this: like, I couldn't believe seeing the entire film fraternity, you know, like sit in front of me and watch watch me perform. Like Karan Johar was there, Hema Malini right. was there, Shahrukh Khan was there. So it was like a dream come true, man. So that's how it all began. Yeah. And that's when I started taking music a little bit more seriously because I'm like, man, you know, now I need to step up my game. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, I want to ask you something. Um, if, you know, if it's uh, if it's not relevant at this point, we can take it later. But you know, when you're singing, um, you're, there's so many um, approaches to music, right? There's so many yeah. people who are untrained musicians as well yeah. who have a good voice. But when you do things like this, when you're singing for a music um, director or you're singing for Sia Rahman or for the person you sang, how much of your own can you bring into it? Because Um, let me give you an example. Like, if you're a voiceover artist, you're directed to the T by the sound, um, mm-hmm. by the by the director or the sound engineer or whoever may be involved in that process. But when you're, say, a singer songwriter, you have a lot more liberty, is what I believe, or I, that's my assumption. But say when you're uh, when when you're sort of being produced or directed uh, musically, how much of Shweta can you bring, say, for that show uh, at at in Toronto? Were you given your own sort of range to explore and play with, or because, uh, or since then, as you've become more experienced as a musician, can you sort of put your foot down, saying, "No, I want to do this because I personally think this will add more of me and more to the to the song." Say with like, from that day to to, to when you did say this particular song with uh, Tesher, right? That's his name. How much of creative liberty can you add on or bring into it? So the thing is, the uh, it's a very good question actually. Like in terms of IFA, what happened was. See, we only had two days, right? Right. And the song was set in stone. Like the, the entire composition was already done. A lot of the mm. liberties that you are talking about can be taken when the song is being composed, when the song is being written, when the song is being made. Uh, but you know, from what I understand, uh, the way, at least my understanding, is uh, in Bollywood, at least the way things work. Uh, number one is the music directors only call the singers when the entire composition is ready. You know. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yes, because you know, so they call the singers, and of course, the singers can can uh, contribute. Uh, you know, like uh, vocally, and they can they can suggest some ideas vocally, but, but you know, it, but it dep- within a very strict range. Yeah, within within that composition, you know. Yeah. And also, it depends on music directors. In fact, it's an interesting question you asked because just yesterday I was watching an interview, a uh, live session, Insta live session, with uh, this guy who was interviewing Mahalakshmi Ayer, and you know, mm-hmm. she was asked this uh, same question, and she said, you know, it really every music director has their own style of working. So, for example, she was mentioning Ayer Rahman because she has done a lot of work with Ayer Rahman. She was saying that you know he gives you a lot. of freedom and you know he's ah. very he's very open to ideas and suggestions and you know like even when he calls which makes sense right because yeah. that's what an artist brings in is that much more range for the director to work with right to work with yeah so like when when she for example when she'd go into the studio uh, and she'd be given a composition she you know suggest some things and uh, supposedly mr rahman is a very very broad minded and he's very open to suggestions um, mm. so i think every director has their own style of working uh, mm. i think some directors are very comfortable with having you deliver things the way they perceive perceive it uh yeah. you know, sometimes some directors just want you to like uh you know render it to the t like you know the way yeah. they have composed it they just want it to be exactly like that because they probably feel comfortable you know if a singer can yeah i think that's a sense of security or insecurity whatever you want to call with their own yeah. thing because they feel that if the artist comes and outshines them <laughs> then i think there's that little sense of like oh crap what am i signed up for yeah. but you sense this in movies as well good directors just let uh you know okay you do this what i'm expecting you to do but can you go beyond it wow that's amazing but yeah do you believe this also I is do. a part of the culture of music right now where i mean i'm i'm 
coming from a place, maybe a stranger to the music industry, but as a person who listens to music, and I'm not going to be like, oh, old music was great, man, you know, remember like that. No, I'm not talking about that. But generally, you sent, sort of get a sense for, you have these musicians who are more brands than actually musicians, where uh, every season you have a, a, a sound, right? Whether it's a Kaigo kind of sounding song or whether it's a, this kind of song. And then you these companies, whoever it may be, sort of force fit the musicians. So this, this season it's Katy Perry, this season it's Selena Gomez. So do you feel the music becomes templatized and then the artist is just sort of force fit to fit that template? Yeah, that happens in a commercial setting a lot, I'm sure. Okay, have, okay. You know? Guess, so how do you balance that out? Like, how do you do both? I mean, of course, you have to survive in the industry as a musician and you can't just say, I'm going to do it for the love of music because in comedy, it's similar. It's newer in India, the comedy industry. But yeah. you have these people going, I'm not going to sell out. I'm just going to do comedy, which I believe in. And next thing you know, those guys are really not doing comedy anymore. because No, no unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I know there are a lot of these artists who are purists, you know, yeah. who, who believe that I'm going to stand my ground and not, I'm not going to sell myself. You know, I'm not going to, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, sell my soul to the devil and all of that stuff. Right. Uh, it's, it's a great thought process, but uh, honestly speaking, you have to be realistic. I mean, in this day and age... But can you be a purist nowadays with the internet, without the middleman? I was, just, I was the... just going to come to that, actually. And yeah. you know what? Uh, I, I don't know if this, uh, this, uh, this, this point of mine is going to uh, make sense, but I'm just going to say, for example, with social media, with Instagram, right? Yeah. A lot of times, the, the, the reality is I see so many talented musicians with fewer followers. And then yeah. I see and I see this other influencer, you know, who, who uh, brands herself as a fashionista and a singer and a musician and a cook. Oh, don't and forget Yogini. <laughs> <laughs> and Yogini, sure, whatever. Let's add that to the mix as well, you know? Yeah. And they had yeah. like millions and millions of followers. And a lot of times, you know, I, I'm like, but where's the music, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't hear, like, and, and it sucks. It sucks, you know? And, yeah. and, and, and with the way social media is now, you can even buy followers. You can buy followers, you can buy I, likes, you can I'm, buy you comments. Know, you just brought that up and it sort of triggered this in my head like how important like because for instance now you you do deliver create songs to your to your fans right yeah uh whether it's collaborations whether it's your own compositions now you obviously need to get work and a lot of times the way these people get um get in touch with you or, or or sort of find you is by or the discoverability if you want to call it um is by number of followers and you can buy followers or you can do everything yeah you can say you know and you, you as you rightly pointed out right you can be a tiktok star you can take uh, selfie videos of you know wearing um you know today saying i'm a fashion expert i'm a health expert i'm a nutrition expert i'm a fitness expert i'm a music expert yeah. and you you need to know just a little bit of, of each of these tools uh, to do all of it and as a result have a million people um who can now shift to another person who's as um, you know replaceable as you are because you're just doing everything like the person who's doing jack of all trades master of none kind of situation yeah. but they have a million followers and the person's like oh this person has a million followers they look legit but say someone else 10000 but dedicated followers because you have taken them on the journey of you becoming a better artist exactly so, do you find the payoff do you find it um, i mean is that is that even a model that works on social media from your experience because i think you believe to the latter where you are a musician who's great at what you do and you're genuinely giving good music to your uh, fans yeah as i see to i, just I, doing I, I don't care about cool. the numbers game 
You know, honestly, but no, you might not care, but does it help uh, to be in that perspective? Sorry, to just sort of challenge you on that no, point. No, no, but no, no. yeah, does it make sense? Because I, you know, I don't even look at my Insta numbers, but I love podcasting. I love comedy. I love yeah. putting out what I think I want to put out and what I can put out. I'm not going to learn Hindi to do a Hindi comedy special. But can you survive in this business, especially music, which is a lot more musicians than stand-up comedians in this country? And of course, globally, there are a lot more musicians. Can you survive by not playing the numbers game and just doing everything that's thrown at you? Like, TikTok, Snapchat, all the things, the technology that's out there? Yeah, see, in the long run, you probably cannot survive. The reality is at some point, yeah, you pro- you probably will be like, oh man, like all, all the number game does matter, you know? But like it I say, you know, okay. yeah, but like, you know what? Again, it's a decision uh, I, I leave to every like artist. It depends on, you know, what what's, what their path is, what their plan is in, in, in their musical journey. See, mm. my plan is always to give good content to my uh, followers yeah. and you know yeah. I care about those eight nine thousand followers that I have on Insta- Instagram like you yeah. said these people have followed me through my journey thick and thin you know uh, which is like, amazing right yeah you can you can, pose, you can pose a question to any of my followers like okay what was the first song Shweta came up with or what is a song that she has released with uh, South Indian singer Karthik you know you ask yeah. them a question and I guarantee you will get an answer you know why because they have followed my journey through thick and thin they know Correct, because you're not replaceable journey. by another yeah. person because yeah. they, you put in the work yeah exactly you right? know and plus yeah. you know uh, I mean see I'm not here to sit in judge like you know some, someone's doing the right thing or the wrong thing or you know like uh, what, what, what do I feel about the number game and stuff I mean see to each its own whatever works yeah, for yeah. everybody you know yeah and who knows like I'm, I'm sitting here and saying this now I mean I, I, especially after the success of Jalebi Baby yeah. I've had so many like brands reach out to me like you know for partnerships and you know right, can you, can you right. promote this and can you promote like and, I mean and it's human nature to be yeah. tempted right of like, course yeah, I wouldn't mind you know when you, when, you see the, when you see money on the table you are going yeah. to be tempted I mean if know? someone comes up to me and be like Sandeep you know what man we love what you do can you sell lingerie I'm like of course I'll sell lingerie <laughs> I was sell. just going to come to that I was just going to come <laughs> to that you know and I've gotten such offers I'm not kidding like after the success wow. of Jalebi Maybe someone's like, oh, wow, you know, Jalebi is sweet and so is lingerie or some, some uh, you know. My uh, God, how they can really find any connection. Any right? connection. Like, you know, yeah. you've, you've made Jalebi sexy now. Like, how about like posing with lingerie and a Jalebi? Like, you know, Good Lord. <laughs> like, and the next thing you, and, and if you fall for that trap, the rabbit hole, next thing you're like, yeah, I'm going to sell jalebi and lingerie. And next thing going to be like, you know, diabetic, di- medicine for diabetes. <laughs> like, what, where does it stop? It right? never, it doesn't <laughs> stop. It doesn't stop. And then, you know, the question is like, you know, see, I, I'm, I'm very like, you know, for me, when I wake up in the morning, I've got to feel like, you know, when I look into the mirror, you know, when I look yeah. at myself in the mirror, I want to feel like, you know what, I'm proud of the decisions I've taken in my life. In my musical journey, yeah. the steps I've taken, I, I have, to, I, I need to feel good about it, you know. Absolutely, and I, yeah. and, and and you know, it's in in a world like today, and of course, I personally believe, I, and might I might I don't think I'm contradicting you, but I think it's it's in one way I think you have to figure out what you want for yourself in this journey of music or art or creativity yeah. or even this experience called life right yeah because it's so easy to get carried away in today's context where one side you're kind of told you can do whatever you want, pursue your passion break away from convention and the other side you're told you know my god there's the, the, the right algorithm you got to be on every platform and the other side you're told man but you know there's not enough for everyone you have to pull down someone else to become better so I feel really bad for this generation who's I, I wouldn't say you and I because I think we had a sense of reality with real human contact yeah, but for kids I nowadays do. who are const- constantly being bombarded by Snapchat, TikTok be the best and be the biggest be you know and be um, you know sell this brand sell that brand they have no I mean while the tools are great while YouTube gave you that break and you had the opportunity to perform the IFA I think today where 
a little talent could go a long way is also your worst enemy because the next person uh, has as much talent and you're it's never enough right and you're, yeah. you're kind of facing this, this this decision going what is enough but i think half or more of most of this generation on the internet man they're just so tempted all the time when it's just enough for them they're like no but i don't think there's enough for you how about another million followers another million no, subs. i know what like it's sad that the generation today like for them, uh, their sense of uh, identity or validity yeah. is yeah. Uh, are their numbers on, on social media. Because know? they don't have a real base, right? Yeah. And I feel so bad that they don't really have a, a friend they can turn to saying, dude, it's enough. How, how about a cup of coffee with me? Exactly. Or let's go out and get smashed because I'm you celebrate. I'm talking about a cup of coffee. I'm telling you something. I I go to these meetings and there, there are these millennials, you know, yeah. uh, who I'm supposed to have a so-called meeting with, you know, face-to-face meeting with. Yeah. But 90% of the time they're on their phones, you know. And if, yeah. fo- and, if, and if their phone's buzzing, they can't, if you should see their hands, like their fingers, they're trembling. They it's can't, a drug addiction. Yeah, yeah. they can't I, I spoke they can't to a psychiatrist friend. Yeah. Yeah. They I mean, like sometimes I'm putting up a post, I'm yeah. getting some traction, like five likes. I'm like, five likes? Are you fucking crazy? I'm going viral, right? <laughs> and and after a point, I'm like telling my wife, like, you know, let's celebrate with a drink and you and I sit and, you know, we can just chill, have dinner or something. Yeah. And but that's not the case because the the system doesn't reward you if you're not on it, right? No, if you're like if you're getting a hundred subscribers an hour or hundred followers on Instagram because of something, they want you to spend another hundred hours to get a thousand more. And if you're the kind of person, forget Instagram. Now there's a new app called Clubhouse. Okay. Oh yeah, I mean, I was just going to come to that because that's for you and me more vocal, which I think is yeah. uh, ideally in a, in a world a friend sent this going, Sandeep, you'll really love this. You can talk shit and people will follow you for that. I'm like, really? It sounds like a dream. But no, if you're there for half an hour and leave, they don't reward you. You have to be there. And I've when I was there, this is it first came out for Apple, right? In Jan or Feb. And I was there for, I think, an hour and I was going, this is pretty cool. And I joined a group, which was, I think, something with a fellow comedian, Kunal, I think, was Kunal Kamra was doing something. And Literally, the next thing I saw, you have to spend six hours, seven hours, eight hours. And it's, I'm like, dude, this is just another hook which they're trying to get you by, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know what's crazy? Like, I got a message yesterday where they were, they were saying to me that, you know, we want uh, to collaborate with you. Uh, uh-huh. And you have to, like, you know, promote these particular channels. Um, uh, oh, you're saying a, a group on Clubhouse wanted you? Yeah, a group you. on Clubhouse okay, has okay. reached out to me. And uh, they, they said, you know what? It's a paid collaboration. So I said, great. So then I said, so how much are you paying me? And they said... Well, that depends on the number of followers you have in Clubhouse. And I'm like, yeah. really? You know, what about what about all those accomplishments that I've had today? Like my entire What about the resume? talent you spent so many years honing, right? None, exactly, none of that right? matters? None of that matters? Like, so yeah. you're telling me there's a person on Clubhouse who just managed to, and, you, and I, I found out you can even buy followers on Clubhouse as well. Like, yeah. tell me one place you cannot buy followers. Like, you know, you can it's buy, crazy, you you know, can buy followers crazy. on Clubhouse and you're telling me this person has not even spent... Half the time that I have spent honing their yeah. talent, but just because they have 10, 11, 12,000 followers more than me, they're going to get paid to collaborate with you. Like, and you know, this is the same thing, right? And I'm sorry that my, my sort of plane of references stand up because that's what I've been yeah, sort of working course, with. Yes. Is like now, you know, the, the, the whole motivation, the carrot has become so much more instant. Like earlier... The idea was to get good, right? Idea is yeah. to get good. As a result, okay, you're good in Bangalore. Okay, let's get good in Bombay. Let's get, get okay, you're good in English comedy. So let's make that better. Let's reach the world. Like, let's do some festivals. Let's this. And it's no money, but it's, it's it, you can sustain yourself by just yeah. basic, right? Yeah. Do some live shows here. Okay, it's not about 
selling Madison Square Garden, but it's about doing the smaller clubs in New York or yeah. going whatever it may be. Whatever the idea of speaking English is for me to reach the world, right? Yeah, and the idea yeah. of the internet is to facilitate that process. Now the the, the the carrot has become okay. You do comedy for one year, you get on Amazon Comics done, you're great. And next thing you know, these kids who got in and they won that, my God, they're selling a thousand seat a, a year or two years into doing stand up. And the next thing, they have no material because they've exhausted their material. They don't know how to write yeah. better jokes, newer yeah. jokes. And I'm sure this is the same kind of parallel in music, right? Yeah, you don't yeah. know how to write songs or to develop music or compose um, music. And you're thrown this thing where, oh my God, you're getting a lack to be on Clubhouse, whatever the amount is. You know, the motivation to get better as an artist is no. literally nipped in the bud. And as a result of that, yeah. what these I guys do is they sort of just, they just go through artists and comedians as quickly. They're like, well, this guy or this girl is no longer relevant. Next one, next one, yes, next one. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You're just having washed up people who really never had a chance to explore who they are. You know? I agree with you. I completely agree with you. Everything you said like sums it up beautifully. Like, yeah, and it's that's, terrifying that's it because how, I mean, how dispensable are people, right? Because when you give that glimpse of uh, fame and fortune to a human being, oh man, it really is like a drug, as you said, like what the phone does, your handshake, I want more of it. And it's it's kind of like you have a washed up generation of people who've never really even sort of set out on the journey of life, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And you're right, you, you use the key word dispensable. That's so true. You know, we've got to remember that. We've got to remind ourselves that every single day. You know? And when you don't have friends or family or the sense of grounding to life, it's even scarier right? because you can run to whoever you call that person in your yeah. life, right? Maybe your parent or maybe your whoever, yeah. your partner. Yeah. But when you don't have that fundamental human bond, who do you run to? Because social media, which you thought was your <laughs> connection exactly, to life, right? yeah. has let you down. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And uh, that's, uh, that's unfortunately, I think the generation now, they're going to learn it the hard way. The reality check yeah. is going to come the hard way. You know, when, when they realize that they're out of material, out of content, uh, the people that, that so-called followers that looked up to them or, you know, DM them all the time, yeah. uh, are not, not going to come to their rescue when they're having a bad day. You know. And you hear this, you know, I'm yeah. sure you've uh, interacted in your fraternity of musicians, yeah. of people. And that's why, you know, earlier you probably see a, or hear from a 70-year-old or 60-year-old Hollywood star going, man, I've gone into meditation or I've gone away from it because <laughs> yeah. it's great. Now you hear it from like a 16-year-old saying, I've had enough of social media. Social media, like, yeah. It's crack. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crack. It's amazingly crazy how... They call I mean, it the detox, the detoxing from social the media. The detox, exactly. <laughs> and you have these kids who are like 18 going, I need some space just for my mindfulness. I'm like, space, live a little bit of life, see a little adversity, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know there's, there's actually an app called Headspace. Which, which, yeah, that's sort of like the meditation, the calm thing, right? The yeah. calm thing. And you know, there are so many teenagers that are on it. it yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like how, and, yeah. and that app, I, I downloaded the app as well because I needed some... You know, I needed to do. No, something. it's a beautiful app. I think it's yeah. great, and I don't think it's uh, wrong for anyone to be uh, on a program of meditation or mindfulness. Because, but I'm just talking about this this ability to deal with disappointment or resilience yeah, is I lacking in a lot of people now. Oh, and yeah. I don't blame them. This is not about criticizing them for what they've yeah. they've been dealt this really really shitty card with technology kind of abusing their vulnerability. I but, agree with you. But, you know, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I can just go on for hours, as you can tell. I'm just like, <laughs> kind That's of okay, like, man. we're having a fun conversation. It's cool. No, but I want to talk about your music because I, I heard your songs and very, very catchy. You know, I don't speak Hindi. I don't speak Punjabi. But the thing with Indian music, as you can, as you've probably witnessed firsthand, is the ability to make everyone get off their seats and have a good time. Um, how is this collaboration for you? Uh, it's, it's, it's gotten massive, right? Massive, massive, I yeah. 
And mainly what? It's mainly with uh, Indians or it's mainly with Canadian Indians, American Indians? No, What's it's, the... it's, with, it's, it's global. Honestly, I'm, not, wow. I'm, I'm going to be very honest about it. Like, uh, I have, of course, please I, do. <laughs> you know, I, I want, it's my, I, it's my done... time to blow my own trumpet. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you've got to do it because it's, it's literally, and when you mean viral, it's global. Like, no, yeah, like Gangnam is. Style. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gangnam Style. Yes. I think after Gangnam Style, this is probably the next song that really had that impact because what mm-hmm. happened was basically uh, Tesha reached out to me because uh, I, I was... I was told about Tesha by a friend. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's a, he's a fellow Canadian. Canadian as well. In, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're not Canadian, but what I mean is he's he's from Canada, right? Yeah, yeah. No, so we both are Canadians, actually. Tesha's Canadian. Oh, so once like, you have become a Canadian citizen. I am a Canadian citizen, yes. Right, okay. So you're a fellow, yeah. you're a fellow Canadian. Fellow Canadian, okay. yeah. Good, good, so good. what happened was, uh, basically, we uh, a friend of mine who's also Canadian, lives in Dubai, mm-hmm. Indo-Canadian, mm-hmm. she told me, she you know, she works out and she listens to all sorts of weird music. So uh-huh. she came across Tesha's music and she said, listen, you got to shut this kid out go on to SoundCloud and hear his music. So I said, okay, I've not heard about him before. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whenever I like someone's music or I like someone's work, any piece of art or anything, you know, I have a habit of sending a quick message, you know, appreciating their yeah. talent and just saying that, you know, yeah, keep it going and best Yeah, word of confidence. Of I think it really helps yeah. to hear that. So yeah. I did that. I sent a message to Tesha and uh, funny enough, I get a message back from him saying that, you know what, I've, I've gone through your music as well on YouTube. And interestingly mm-hmm. enough, I'm working on a track called Jalebi Baby. And mm-hmm. the kind of voice I'm looking for, the texture, the tonality I'm looking for is very close to, it, it, your voice probably will suit. So do you mind just sending, a, you know, like a rough recording of you singing Jalebi Baby and yeah. you'll take it from there. So, you know, I was fortunate because it also was happening during lockdown. Although Dubai was not really uh, under like a major lockdown. Dubai is like up and running. Everyone's out and about partying and, you know, everyone's maintaining their social distancing. They are One person to an island. <laughs> <laughs> So, but you know, yeah. they're all vaccinated. They're all socially responsible. They're wearing their masks, all of that. So yeah. I was, but I was like, you know what? Who's going to go to a studio and record? I'm just going to sit at home and record. I have a mm-hmm. microphone. I have a laptop set up with Logic Pro. I'm just going to send my vocals. I Amazing. sent it to him. And the next thing I know that the song is released in Diwali with my vocals on it. Like, he well, I'm sure that was not a very pleasant surprise, but it's a pleasant surprise. No, it is. It was, a, it was, it was like a bittersweet experience. I'll tell you why. Because number one, uh, you know, usually the way artists work is like, you know, you, you, you discuss, you go back and forth. And then the, the artist who's using your voice would tell you like, okay, you know. Here's yeah, a- so I was going to say you should probably be, uh, I mean, I'm glad it went well, but it could easily have gone, hey, I don't like that my voice being used without my consent kind of thing, right? Yeah, because it was more, you know, what happens? I mean, I've worked with so many artists. I've done so many cross collaborations. And, you know, usually what happens is there's always that final track that both artists like, you know, there's that like, okay. Here's your voice. Yeah. This is how it's being yeah. used. Uh, anything you want to say, anything you want to add, anything you don't like about it. Okay, are you happy? Good. We're good to go. We're, we're going to release it on this day. You know, there's like there's like yeah. a final word to, to it's all just a stuff. formality, but it's an important formality. It's an important formality. So it was kind of strange because I recorded my vocals, sent it to him, never heard back from him, and then Diwali. and from home, right? That's the weird part. You've done yeah. it in your home studio. <laughs> my home studio, right? So yeah, uh, my friend, the same friend who told me about Tesha, heard the track on Tesha's channel during Diwali. And she says... And this is Diwali 2020, last 2020. year. 2020. Right. And she's like, hey, did you sing for Jalebi Baby? Because the voice <laughs> sounds very familiar. And I'm like, yeah, I did. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, it's released. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So then that came as a huge surprise. Right. And uh, uh, the other part was that he 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 referred me he he referred me as the background vocalist of Jalebi Baby, which I, I can't... I can't put my head around because uh, because I mean, initially, I've heard the song there's no background voice right it's just him and your voice in the hook it. right so the funny thing is you know initially mm-hmm. when we spoke when he when he sent me a contract and when we spoke he said you're going to be recording background vocals 
Okay. Ah. So I said, okay, background. And, and also his manager had mentioned to my management that there's going to be a bunch of singers singing, uh, you know, the song. Right. So I said, okay, you know what? My voice is going to be one amongst 10 voices. I've never ever done background vocals before. I've always done lead vocals. So right. initially I was a little apprehensive. Like, should I even do this project? Should I not? Then I said, you know what? It's COVID. People are already going through yeah. so much. Who cares? You know, yeah, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm doing it. From, and that's how sometimes I, when I approach these things, I'm, 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 it's not really conducive. I'm doing it for the love of I'm, music. Yeah. It's from the luxury of sitting in my in my pajamas with a, with a nice shirt on. And yeah. Doing, you know, you know it's what? Nice. I'm at home. Like, how does it hurt yeah. to help? You know, Keeps the muscles it. flexed. You can yeah. keep like a workout. Yeah. You can yeah kind so of, I said, okay, whatever. So, you know, I, I assumed I'm one amongst 10 vocalists. I'm a background vocalist, whatever. But it comes out, my voice is in the forefront. I can hear my voice loud and clear and singing yeah. the hook, Jalebi Baby. Yeah. So I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. So that <laughs> that kind of came up as a surprise. But you know what? Then I said, oh, well, whatever. You know, it's just... It's, it's, so what do you do? You said management. And of course, yeah. let's talk about that before, yeah. you know, yeah. I think we can wind up soon. But yeah. I want to, I want to, it's, it's a, first of all, you know, congratulations to you for that, yeah. that song going where it yeah. has and doing what it has done for you and to even Tesha, I mean, is that how it's pronounced? Tesha? Tesha, yeah. Tesha, yeah. I mean, congratulations if he's listening to this, of course. And, um, but this management thing is such a big thing because this went well. Right. And the hope of management is that it get to get you more work and to sort of screen the work that comes your way and to kind of represent and protect you from the big, ba- the big bad world out there in, in the industry. But for, say, someone, an aspiring artist who's probably going to go down the traditional route and find representation or maybe even get big on YouTube and find something. How do how do they in, in, in a, maybe in a one on one kind of approach, how do they navigate the management thing? Because maybe even I, someone like me wants to benefit benefit from this because 11 years of doing stand up. I haven't had a single I mean, I've had a manager, but I kind of manage them. Let's put it that way. <laughs> they didn't really do much for me. So, so how do you kind of navigate this business of music? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I think finding a good manager is very difficult. You know, I, I always believe that, uh, you know, you as an artist, I think it's important for you to just keep doing your work, focus on the quality of your work, focus on your content. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there will come a time when you're inundated with so many requests and, you know, like your career will just, you know, uh, like just explode and you will need someone yeah. to manage you. Um, right. But it's very important that the manager uh, puts the interests of the artist first, you know. Right. Because a lot of times... So do you go with someone you trust or do you go with the best one out there? I think it's a tough question to answer, but I think it's important to go with someone you trust. You okay. Know? Uh, because I I personally believe that I've 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 had it the other way where I've gone with someone who's the best out there, mm-hmm. but then uh, so, someone like that also first of all they have a lot on their plate, you know. Sometimes yeah, they're sometimes think... they're simultaneously managing two three artists. Everyone wants them, yeah. yeah. Everyone wants them, and then what happens is, uh, you know, they just they just go for the cash grabs, right? They just look yeah. at okay, what what deal is going to give them uh, a good a good chunk of commission. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's know, where, the who's the bestseller? Yeah, who's yeah. the bestseller? Right, and in that and a lot of times because the managers involved you're not even aware of the kind of requests that come your way. You know, sometimes you'd want to do something just for the love of music, you know. And that's kind of passed over because it's not lucrative enough. For it's not lucrative enough financially, ah, yeah. right? So then that that's not, that's not uh, you know, uh, like exciting enough for the manager because he's like, ah, mm. what am I making out of this? It's not that exciting. So it's very important to find a manager who uh, knows the artists, uh, you know, uh, inside out. And mm-hmm. also who puts your interests in the forefront. And secondly, mm-hmm. discusses every offer that comes your way, you know. 
Uh, and I, yeah, CS- I think that sounds yeah. really, really sort of fundamental to know what your options are before you yeah. select them, right? Yeah, like even talk to the artist, even if it doesn't look very lucrative financially, as you said, you know, yeah. at least, uh, you know, like show that email to the artist or show that message to the artist and say, hey, this, is yeah. not, this isn't offering much, but is it something you'd like to do? You know, is this going to Because you never know when like another Jalebi baby opportunity, yeah. which, you know, is, it seems very trivial as just giving your voice to a background thing, but it just turns out to be... Whoa, a global phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, right? I could have just sat there and said, uh, who's going to record these two words? You know, I mean, I'm going to be one amongst 10 vocals based yeah. on the, based on, uh, you know, the, 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 what Tishra told me initially, you know, yeah. I could have just said, put it, put it up, like, you know, brushed it on the side and said, who cares? Yeah. But the yeah, thing yeah. is, you know, I just followed my heart. I said, okay, you know what? Like, let's just do it for the love of music. We're all on COVID. It's not yeah. going to hurt me much. I'm sitting on my dining table. Literally, I was in my dining area, dining area with my laptop and my microphone recording Jalebi Baby, you know? Right. And I send it across and see where that's gone. It's it's it's, it's massive, you know? Just like this episode. It's going to go... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I look forward to that. And you know something? The interesting thing is what, what, what uh, really excited me the most was when my voice was... Uh, like sustained even for the Jason Derulo version, you know, because initially yeah, that's I yeah. heard that song was repackaged uh, with him. I mean, is, yeah. it, is that the right word or reproduced with yeah. him? And yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was your voice. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's funny. I I, I wasn't informed about that either. Like <laughs> I I didn't know my voice. Was, you know, like, I remember like Cheshire uh, put an announcement out saying like I can't wait to share the Jason Derulo version with you guys. And, you know, it's funny, I, I had a discussion with my family and my family's like, yeah, he's probably completely changed the song and you know, made an international version out of it. And the fact that he hasn't told you anything about it, your, your voice is probably not on it. And then mm. Jason Derulo version releases and my voice is loud and clear. So <laughs> I guess, you know, a lot of things change with the song, with the different versions. But, but how do people know it's you, uh, Shweta? Like, is your name there? So it is there, but the unfortunate ah. part is it's, it's in the description of YouTube. So only right, someone, so yeah, people really did make the effort to go find who the lady's voice is and then reach out to you because I mean, with no, with with all due respect to other artists and to all artists out there, sometimes you hear a voice on a song, you're like, great voice, but not I don't know how it works, but do people often go, who's that voice? I mean, it, that means your voice really made an impact for people. That's to be what like, I'm I trying to say. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say because you know what. You're right. And this was my argument the whole time because ideally the fact that I'm singing the hook, Jalebi Baby, yeah, yeah. The, t- the title of the song should have been Jalebi Baby Tesher featuring Shweta Subram. That should yeah, have, because yeah. you're giving those things, uh, the intonation or the voice that yeah. is making it stand out. Of course, it's a great song and, you know, respect where it's Of course, respect due, to his course. composition, respect to him, the producer. He, it's his yeah. song. He's done everything. There's but no the fact that people it. remember your voice and yeah. made the effort to go find out who you are yeah. shows that that is as important as the rest of the yeah, song. Yeah, and I know I've gotten yeah. so many compliments from people saying that, you know, it's it's these two words that really make the song very exciting. Like, even yeah. yesterday I was talking to somebody who said, you know what, Shwata, I cannot remember a single lyric in the song. But yeah. all I remember is Jalebi Baby. It's the beat and that hook. You know, I played it for my dad. My dad loves Shakira. If you know her, just oh, please tell her that. Uh, he's like, oh, Shakira, anything. I love Shakira. And it's, sometimes it's so funny. Uh, and sometimes it's concerning. I'm like, pa, you know, you know, Ma and you're together, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's like, Shakira. And I played this song and he's like, it's nice. It's catchy. And, you know, we made it a point now at home to have 
um, these things where my wife loves music, my mom loves music. Um, so yeah. my dad, it's well in the evenings. Otherwise, music should just be at a party. But now music's sort of our part of our evenings. That's and I nice. play these songs, and he really liked it. So yeah, you have that's my really dad's nice. uh, please, 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 thumbs up uh, on that one. Yeah, please convey my regards to him. That's that's awesome, and it's really nice to know he likes Shakira because I was a big, I'm a big Shakira fan as well. He love. I think it, yeah, he needs to see a therapist on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But you know what? Like uh, all said and done, like going back to Jalebi Baby, I think. You know, it's it's. I I, I don't know why Cheshire chose to uh, do what he did. Like, you know, I mean, have you asked him about it? Because I think it would be the most obvious thing, right? Like, can I did. You, I, spoke, I reached out okay. to him, but I never got any answers. Okay. Um, I mean, I hope he's listening to this, and of course, great song, and I'm glad it's done what it has for him and for you. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think this is. I mean, I'm not at all in any way undermining what has happened till date with your career, but I think, um, you know, I hope you have way more opportunities and results like this going forward, Shweta. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I, it's, you know, it's wonderful. And thank you for you. doing this. Uh, thanks no, this for agreeing great. to be it's on my podcast. It was a great conversation. I think we had a fun time. We chatted about everything and anything, right? <laughs> and that's the plan with this. You know, I don't. I don't yeah. want it to be just about one song that you put out. I want people who are listening to this to understand what Shweta has, uh, what you, I don't want to speak about you in the third person, but what you've been through, uh, the effort that goes in, uh, the experiences that shapes you and how you, I think, can't really be defined by one label, but it goes into all of life to make you who you are. So thanks for um, sharing that story and for everything that you've been through on this episode. No problem. And the only request I have to everyone listening to this podcast is, you know, show us your support. Follow us on uh, social media. Uh, I know we were talking about not, 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 did, not running. But it does help. It does help. It does help. If you truly enjoy the music, if you truly enjoy the kind of stuff I put out there. And Shweta, then, what, are you, what are your handles? Because I will put them down, but if you could just say it out loud, that, that also helps because it keeps yeah, it purely audio then. It's, it's as simple as my name, Shweta Subram, S-H-W-E-T-A-S-U-B-R-A-M. And that's my handle across all social media channels, whether it's Instagram, YouTube or Facebook. Uh, Fantastic. So Shweta Subram, S-H-W-E-T-A-S-U-B-R-A-M. Guys, go and listen to her music. Give her a follow. Give her a thumbs up. Give her a like. Whatever the words these kids are using these days, give it and give it all positivity. Shweta, thank you so much. Good luck. All the best. Take care of yourself. And um, congratulations on everything that has come your way. Thank you again. Take care, Sandeep. Take care. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it. And of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again. Appreciate it.